This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. An agonising defeat to Colchester United, five deadline day signings and a sold out away and heading to Doncaster Rovers. Standard week in the life of Hartlepool United Football Club. Davo, how excited are you for tomorrow? Light, actually. Um, a lot more than I was about a week ago. Um, obviously, that's been heightened by deadline day, which we'll talk about later. But even still, the fact that we've sold as many tickets as we have Given our situation, I think it's fair to say that the club, the team, don't deserve the support they're going to be getting down there tomorrow. Um, but look, we are second to none and we'll be down there tomorrow in number, making an absolute racket from the minute everyone enters the concourse to the minute, hopefully, we leave the stadium with three points. But yeah, over the moon, mate, I'm assuming you are as well. Oh, honestly, mate, can't wait. Nothing better. Um, walked into my final lecture today and sat down, had a massive smile on my face and one of my mates goes, you're buzzing for tomorrow, aren't you? And I says, honestly, I cannot wait. I says, usually I'm this excited, then come 3pm, all excitement disappears and it's just like a torture for 90 minutes. But fingers crossed, that'll be different. Going there with a positive mindset. So... One thing that I do want to touch on before we do move on, I don't want to give this much time because I think it's... Um, evidence of people not doing a job properly, um, not doing your research when you should do. Obviously, after the game last week, emotions were high. People calling for Raj to go, including myself. And out comes an article at 5.30pm that apparently this consortium want to take over pools. I mean, it's not really worth giving it the time of day, the absolute joke that it was. However, I am going to ask you what your thoughts were. Let's not talk about it much, but just quickly summarise it for us. Oh, it was just a huge unwanted distraction, really. Um, Pools this season's been volatile and toxic enough. So to add this to the mix last week was just so, so needed. And like you say, it could have been prevented. Um, just do Just do basic things right before you drop articles like this. I mean, people 
from the outside should know what's going on at the football club. They should know that, you know, Harlepool United did not need that last week. I mean, it's not, it's not even the fact it was dropped. It was just the manner in which it happened. Um, but even still, the, the whole thing was just far too good to be true. I mean, look, I think, I don't know about you, Jack, or other people who listen to this, but for me personally, reading that article, and I'm seeing a supposed consortium worth 215 million quid supposedly buying the club, signing a 400k striker before deadline day. It's like, what? Do you know what I mean? It, things like that, when it sounds too good to be true, they generally are. And it was, you know. I wondered, I wondered why you'd been practicing so much playing FIFA because you wanted to join their new esports team as well. Well, this is it. I mean, given the fact that they also wanted a club podcast, you know. Oh, well, they can get out of town straight away. We were like, no, we're not having that. No, absolutely not. Boo. (laughs) But the thing is, as you say, it's just, you look at it, and we said it straight after we did a Twitter space, didn't we? And thank you to everyone who joined on that. It was really successful. Great to have a couple of players join. uh, Well, ex-players, I should say. Sheld's obviously jumping on, and uh, Claudio Fuso, I think we saw in there. But we discussed it, and we kind of said, look, we're not going to say, yeah, let's go for it. We're just going to take it with a pinch of salt because the reality of it is reading it that it's too good to be true, as you said. So that's enough talk about that. And let's go right back to Colchester, everything that preceded that. Just another extremely disappointing day at the office, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just so poor. So poor from minute one, really. Um, It's just... Same crap we've saw all season, really. Um, certain individuals who seemingly aren't up for it anymore or for whatever reason, whether that's just age or or whatever. But it was a huge opportunity for the lads to go into to that game, especially on the back of Carlisle as well. It was a good opportunity to go into that weekend with desire, ambition, fight against a relegation rival who... You know, in all due respect, have recruited well this this window, um, buying players from the league above Matty J being one from Exeter and stuff. But as it turned out in the day, they weren't really that good. I didn't think. Um, I think they were more we, up for it. For they were more up for it though, and we were. And that's a massive issue. That. Oh, I agree. I mean, you could see the desire they had. You know, one hundred and ten percent. But we made them look a lot better than what they actually were. And I think if we actually turned up, um, and played some decent football, which in all due respect, I thought once we made changes, we brought on Hasty McDonald, we got a goal back. I actually started to think, hang on a minute, we could actually turn this around and nick it. Albeit it would be a smashing grab and probably I'd be the first one to say after the game, we probably didn't deserve to win had we won. But I thought the goal, the subs, I thought we started to see a little bit of a positive impact on the game. But overall, it was poor and the manner in which we conceded that second goal, I think just sums up a lot, really. Um, as far as I see it, look, we didn't even deserve a point. The fact that we were going to come away from it with a point, I was happy because I was like, how have we got away with that? It was absolutely, it was an awful game of football. The standard was just embarrassing, if I'm perfectly honest. And yet yeah, the goal was, was well worked, good goal. 
but we play for five minutes of 90, maybe 10 if we're generous. And that's just absolutely embarrassing. And the lads should be embarrassed with that. If we'd gone on to win that, I mean, we would have had to be counting the lucky stars because we, we, as we say, we didn't even deserve a point. But I don't want to dwell on that too much. We've gone over it again and again and again with the same old performances. Every podcast that we seem to produce is the same old conversations. And that's perhaps why um, there's a lot of content that's coming out that's probably over an hour. We've had so much to dissect and so much to talk about. We've probably covered it in a lot of detail. And that's not to say that we won't do that in future episodes, but I think it's better that we move on from that and and start to look at the transfer dealings that happened. Um, Pull's obviously bringing in five deadline day signings, which was good because prior to that, I was extremely worried. And I think before we do discuss, obviously, the whole window, who we brought in, uh, the players that have left, I think it's just important to say that we need to get behind these lads from the off as far as I see if they're sat on a bench at another club but they're coming to Hartlepool United I don't care as long as they give 110% it's a lot more than some players will have done this season and I think we all know who those individuals were thankfully since producing the last episode Regan Tunnelty is out of the football club Um, but he was a prime example of someone who thought he was well above um, the level that he actually was which was absolutely dire But let's take a look at the January transfer window dealings in greater detail. So the January transfer window saw Keith Curl recruit 11 new players into the team, five of which came on Tuesday night's deadline day. Um, We brought in the young goalkeeper from Leicester, Jacob, who's... Surname, I won't pronounce out of respect because there's not a cat and else chance that I'm going to get this right. No, nor can you even get his first name right. You mean Jacob? Jacob, Jacob. Moving on. Centre backs Peter Hartley, Edom Pruti, and the deadline day signing of Arsenal defender Taylor Ferran, right back Dan Dodds. Midfielders, Matty Dolan, Oliver Finney and Tate Trusty. Wingers, Dan Kemp and Brendan Kiernan. And centre-forward from Stockport, Connor Jennings. Now, obviously, moving into deadline day, I don't think there was any reason at all. I don't know about you, Jack, but there was no reason at all to be optimistic, was there? No, I was very negative. I was very pessimistic. Um I was ready for all the excuses. I know we did miss out on people, which is inevitable, but I was ready for the excuses. Oh, well, we tried, but someone's gone to join the mate or all that type of crap that we hear. Um, If I look at the business on deadline day, I I know I put something in with the lads earlier on about Dan Kemp doing his uh, presser earlier on. I was really, really excited after listening to him speak how he wants to give it to coin a popular phrase of mine but he did say this in his own words 110 percent um <laughs> and how you know he just wants to build a connection with the fans he wants to give it his all all of these things are, are what we want to hear as fans and as long as he does we know exactly what we're going to give him in terms of reception support etc I think when I look back on the deadline day signings, the best one for me is Jennings from Stockport. I do just quickly want to get up 
what Dave Chaloner also said. I think this speaks absolute volumes about the guy that Dave Chaloner is. Someone who will forever, certainly in my eyes, and I'm pretty sure in your eyes, go down as a Hartlepool United legend for what he did. But DC said, hopefully he'll go and bang some goals in. When we went up to Hartlepool as much as we wanted to go there and win, I don't want to see the work we did and the work a lot of people did go to waste. Hopefully they can get out of the mess they're in and Connor can play a part in that. I mean, that just speaks volumes about the bloke. Makes you want him back even more and miss him even more. But obviously, we can't do anything about that. Uh, but yeah, for me, Jennings is the best signing on deadline day. I think he's a player who can add a lot. I think it's really exciting that we've got a couple of wingers in. We've got a couple of quicker midfielders through the door as well. I think that's important if we're wanting to get on the front foot a little bit more, if we're wanting to kind of set the tone for games. If we're not going to play this hoofball, we had to change it and we had to get players in. You look at overall the whole window as a whole, there's a few players that I'm yet to be convinced on. Peter Hartley, it's fantastic to have him back, but he's looked a little bit of a liability recently. And look, he's older, but I gave him the praise after, I think it was the Rochdale game at home, the constant communication with um, the back line, with players constantly making sure that they're giving it their all right until the last minute. But at the end of the day, we need people who are able to enhance the skill level. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying that I'm yet to be convinced. Dan Dodds, for me, fantastic signing. I mean, the pace he has going up and down that wing, his work rate, there's a reason why Pulls fans love him already. And I think that says a lot about Pulls potential target a lot about pulls players when they do eventually sign that if you give your all you are going to get what you deserve from the fans and Dan Dodds has been a perfect example of that I'm really glad and I know it probably splits a little bit um of the opinions of, of pulls fan base but I'm I'm happy to see Matty Dolan back I think there's more that we'll see from him. I think his experience will do a lot of good. I know we spoke to him, Davo, before the game last uh, last weekend and he was saying about, you know, just keep backing us and we will get there with a few more signings and, you know, you just have to take, you just have to take the word for it. You have to get behind them. But I think a player with that experience and I think he's obviously in a better place physically and in terms of as a player than Peter Hartley for me, for my, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, there's some players that I see there that we brought in and, and it's great to see them be part of the club and join um, at a crucial time as we find ourselves battling to try and stay up. But one thing I do want to make really clear that there may be players that we sign that are young or, may not have been playing regular first-team football. So, understandably, we're going to have doubts about it. But one thing we have to do, and I, I know Pulse fans will, but I have seen a few comments on Twitter, we have to get behind them. We have to back them to the hilt because they're the lads who can affect things on the pitch. We can affect it off the pitch by giving their, our support week in, week out. And then it's on them 
to go onto that pitch and give it everything and get the point ultimately that will enable us to stay up. So I don't know what you think, Davo, about the whole window of recruitment. Before we do go on to your thoughts, I do just want to touch on, we've had um, someone get in touch with us about Olivia, Olivia? Oliver even, Finney. Um, we both messed up there, haven't we, with a couple of players? Um, Oliver Finney, and someone said that he's an attacking midfielder and part of a League Two promotion squad, hopefully bridge the gap between Umrah and the more holding midfielders like Featherston Silla, which we initially thought Cook would do. Now, the only thing that I don't... Now, I don't know what, what he's getting at completely. Is he getting at the fact that Cook's not doing that job? Or is he getting at the fact that, well, obviously, he's out of the squad at the minute, injury-wise. So he can't affect it, but... For me, before we move over to you, Davo, one thing that I do want to touch on is I hope that Keith Curl believes that he can bring these players into the starting eleven and drop players that have been there for however long. I don't care. If you're not performing, get out of the starting eleven. I don't mean that to be aggressive, but Ben Killett needs dropping, being bang average, being telling fans apparently... Uh, from what we were told, I can't remember who it was we were speaking to, but apparently telling fans to do one last week, which never helps. Going straight down the tunnel after the game never helps. I get that players are human. I get that players are under pressure to perform, but don't get involved with the fans. And another player who really needs dropping um, is Nicky Featherstone. I hope that Silla starts over him with a couple of the new lads in the team tomorrow as well. Well, perfect. Let's be perfectly honest. I hope there's quite a few of the new lads in the team tomorrow. But I just wonder what your thoughts are on, well, two things. Those players, start with that for me, um, whether you think they should be dropped, whether you agree with us or not. And then secondly, what you think of our business and and how you think that that's going to help us get out of the position that we currently find ourselves in. I'll start with the last one first. Right. In terms in terms of the whole window, I think it's been and I think all Pulse fans will agree, I think it's been enormously frustrating. Um we went into the window through no fault of our own. We we all we've done is listen to members of the hierarchy, the manager, you know, seemingly we were going into January with a plan in place and it was as if we were going to hit the ground running and we'd see four or five players in the door within the first week. And I'm not just talking about, like, you know, young kids or journeymen. You know, we got the impression we were going to get good quality football league players with a good calibre to help improve the squad. That never came off, which, as a fan, it's frustrating. You know what I mean? When you listen to your chairman, to the manager, you know, you want to put your faith in them, especially Raj, someone who... He's been under pressure this season, as we all know. It was a huge opportunity for him this window to come in and say to Keith Kerr, look, there's the resources. You've got my complete backing, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So as the window's gone on and you've had all these names come out the woodwork, names who excite all of us, whether that's Andrew Dallas, Danny Johnson, Andy Cook, you know, names that you can get behind, and when they don't come off, and we are constantly told by the manager or the football club, well, he's gone here for whatever reason, or we've lost out on this tag because he wants to go to another club and play with his mate, or, you, you know, it, it does get very, very tedious. And the last couple of weeks, obviously before deadline day, it was getting more and more worrying. And I think 
the thing that worried me most was the fact that we signed someone like Tate Trusty. And that I don't mean that in any disrespect to him, because I didn't think he did that bad at all against Colchester, actually. Um, I will put that in there. But to sign someone like him, who's coming into this football club, playing AFL football for the first time, it didn't really give you any kind of hope going into the last week or so of the deadline day or going towards deadline day. However, I will say, I don't think that was a bad deadline day at all. It exceeded my expectations. The fact that we've come away with five signings in 45, 50 minutes. And these, for me, are players who can come into the eleven. And straight away be asking questions of the manager to say, hang on a minute, I want to play. Some fans might disagree, and I understand why these aren't the signs that we probably wanted. You know, when you're looking at people like the guy we signed from Warsaw, his contract was terminated. We picked him up. I know that was mentioned. Dan Kemp, you've mentioned he comes here with good reviews, someone who could come here and do a job for us. You know, we've been crying out for wingers, we've been talking all season that our Options out wide are not good enough. Um, we've brought in Oliver Finney, not Olivia, Oliver, <laughs> um, from Crew. We've got Tate Trusty as well, who I think together they bring that pace we need in the midfield. I think that area has been one of the biggest worries um, all season, purely because of the fact that it's been commanded by three central defensive midfielders, especially in recent times when you've got Dolan, Featherstone, Niang, you know, you need... It's too need, slow, isn't it? Too it is. Slow. Hugely too slow. And we need players in there who can complement each other, you know. And we've got Crawford to come back and we've got Cook to come back who can hopefully improve that area as well. And obviously we've brought in Taylor Ferran on deadline day, someone who I am actually excited about. He's a... Is it six foot six plus... Yeah, I'll never forget. Funny enough, it's a little side distraction, but I'll never forget. Can't remember who it was, but we signed this defender and he says, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I like to play football with my feet. And it was like, yeah, I think he was extremely tall as well. So I just hope he's not as, uh, perhaps, I don't mean to be harsh, but dense or comes out as much dense comments as him. Hopefully, you know, he plays football with his feet as well. That would be quite handy. But yeah, I think he's quite tall, so we'll see. And and these kids should be, my only worry when you sign kids like this is, have they had that exposure to men's football, senior, competitive? You know, that that's my only doubt. And I agree with you completely that you start, the point you started on with, Let's be perfectly honest. And we did put a poll out, come to think of it. So I will get the results of that up. For me, as far as I see it, it was an average window. That's that's my personal view. And uh, it seems that over half the people that voted out of the 182 also said it was an average window. 18% said they weren't happy with the business. 29% said they were. I think there's been some positive additions, but for me... I just think that, as you say, it's empty promise after empty promise after empty promise. If you can't deliver, don't talk the talk because you look even worse when you can't walk the walk. So, look, Keith Curl says we're going to have X amount of players in because we've been working on it for so long and half of them don't even come off to start with. But 
I will get behind every single player, as I've said. And, it's, you know, we announced all them players within a, a gap. I think that was probably due to certain circumstances and um, also trying to build a bit of excitement um, by announcing them so quickly because I think one of the players had the article had been posted a few hours before it was actually tweeted. So, look, at the end of the day, I kind of think perhaps they announced them later to make it seem like, oh, well, we've really gone out and got some players last minute. But having said that, I'm excited to see, especially Jennings um, and probably Kemp, I'm excited to see the most out of the deadline day deals. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I'm not for one second saying it's been a wonderful window. I mean... It even got to a point where I said to you, I think the day before deadline day, I said doing nothing on Tuesday was not an option. Mm-hmm. And I even said to you, if we, people will disagree, not that I wanted it, but I said, even if it means bringing people in, go to your neighbouring teams, go to the further the northeast. But it says a lot though, when you look at bringing in players from like, well, we're missing out, sorry, not bringing in, missing out on players from the northeast clubs, like who are going to Newport, for example. I mean, that's the other end of the country. Joe White going to Exeter, there's another player. It kind of gives you thoughts as to why aren't we getting these players from local clubs. And I know we had this debate and it probably did get a little bit heated in the group chat about you were kind of like, oh, well, as long as we get bodies in, you know, we need bodies in. I'm kind of of the viewpoint of, yeah, but if them bodies aren't going to help improve the quality of the squad, what's the point of having them there? It's just a waste of a wage. That wasn't kind of my argument. What I... Obviously, going into deadline day, I don't think any person really had any reason to be optimistic. I did not expect five people to be walking through the door on deadline day. So I just, I just wanted to see anyone come in, like I said to you and the lads. I, I think that's the issue. Anyone come in. Like, I don't want anyone to come in because at the end of the day, if they're not going to improve the quality of the squad, what's the point of them being there? There is no point. I don't, I don't care if you crap, why are we signing you? No, I don't want any Tom to carry. I'm not saying let's go and pull some random geezer off York Road and put him in a pills case. That was not my point. My argument was we couldn't go into deadline day and do nothing. Yeah, but it sounds like you would just settle for... No, 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 no. I wanted, and I've said through the whole window, I didn't want ex-police. I didn't want kids. We need, and I, I said to you, I said to Bailey, I said to everyone, we need football league proven players and how many however it got to it got to a point where it was constantly coming out on twitter oh well we've missed out on so-and-so oh well danny johnson's now saying at mansfield andrew dallas is now saying at solihull so it's getting to a point where realistically it didn't seem as if we were going to get football equality players however my argument was if we're not going to bring in football equality players and we need to bring in someone we need to bring in anyone but then we're going then we're going against what you set out to say of I don't want kids, I don't want ex police, because at the end of the day, that's all that's gonna come if we don't get these proven football league players. It's it's you know, it, unfortunately it's it's a lot due to the position that we're in. The thing that doesn't cut it with me is when we're saying our oh, people have decided not to sign for us because they want to play with the maid. Like you're having a laugh. Do you actually think we believe that? I mean, you called me out saying, was I calling Keith Kerr a liar? But I think as time goes on, you see the actual reality of it is 
how embarrassing. If that was true, would the club really admit that they'd missed out on a player because he wanted to go and play with his mate at a rival club? That's like that's like me saying, oh, you know what? Davos at another club and I, as much as I'd love to sign for pubs, I think I'm going to go and play footy with me mate because I have done since I was a little kid. Like, no, you don't do that. Like, it, it is embarrassing, whichever way you look at it. Well, yeah, I mean... Look, we're going to go round and round in circles here. So we are going to cut this conversation very, very short now because... Well, this is what the listeners want us to want to hear because at the end of the day, really? we always end up agreeing with each other. And as my dad says, oh, well, Dav always goes, oh, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. We do normally agree on a lot of things with Pulls, but I think there's been times at this transfer window, uh, during this transfer window, when our friendship has certainly been tested. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it, it's it's an interesting conversation. Everyone will have different views, but as we've said at the start of this discussion, we just back the lads to the hill and that's all we can do. So as Afa mentioned, massive away day tomorrow, massive following, heading down to Doncaster to watch the boys in blue and white. Davo, I believe you have the match preview for us. I do. And just before I do start, this one is available on the Hartlepool United official club website. Buoyed by five deadline day signings and backed by hundreds of fans, Hartlepool United travelled to Doncaster looking to kickstart their season at the Eco Power Stadium tomorrow at 3pm kickoff. The opposition, Doncaster Rovers, are 15th in League Two, 15 points above Pools. They've won 11 of their 26 games this season and their last five results show three losses and two wins. Last time out, Rovers fell to a 4-1 defeat to Mansfield Town. Rovers head coach is Danny Schofield, the former Huddersfield coach. His side includes two former police goalkeeper, Jonathan Mitchell, while Luke Molyneux hugs the touchline. The history between the two sides, we've met 102 times previously, with the history being fairly even. Pools have won 36 times, Doncaster winning 38, and 28 games have ended in a draw. Earlier this season, Pools won 2-1 after goals from Joshua Umera and Wes McDonald. Before that, the sides last met as, despite a 2-1 victory, thanks to Devante Rodney's brace, Pools were relegated to the National League in 2017. In terms of team news, Keith Curl has a vast array of options available after making 11 signings in the window. Tate Trusty, Peter Hartley, Dan Dodds, Matty Dolan and Edon Prudy have already featured, while their fellow January signings will be keen to get involved. Alex Lacey, Tom Crawford and Callum Cook continue their recoveries from injuries. However, if you are not a part of the travelling contingent, check out your follow eye options available on the club website. Now, as is ever on H2FC Chat Jack, it is that time for match predictions and I will start with your good self. You are going tomorrow. What are you feeling? 2-0 pulls. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to be positive, you know. They got absolutely bad last game and let's be perfectly honest, we weren't very good last week. However, I think this there's a few factors that are going to come together um, to enable a Pulls win I think the Pulls fans are going to be absolutely incredible as ever but there's even more of us tomorrow and we're going to make an absolute racket um, so I think that'll really have a big effect 
I think the fact that we've got new signings, um, I think the team will have more confidence. I think there will be the new lads who want to impress, who want to put um put themselves in, in a good place with the fans very early on. I think Jennings is gonna to bag tomorrow. Um we'll see who has it'd be really interesting. it'll be really interesting to see the starting eleven. I think you know, if we can manage if we manage to drop I think we should drop kill it one hundred and ten percent. Feds I'd like to see dropped. Whether he does get dropped is another question. But look, Pulls are gonna go there and get three points tomorrow. I don't know why I'm so confident, but it's probably gonna be a massive regret me saying this. But yeah, two nil Pulls, what about yourself? Well, in the words of Rob Law, I am very cautiously optimistic. Oh, I love that. He will. Um like you say, team selection's gonna be interesting. I want Keith Curl to be brave. I don't want him to be swayed by loyalties or hmm. where, you know, he's the club captain, so he's got to play. Or, oh, well, Killip's been getting a bit of sick recently. He's got to play. You know, just be brave. Do what you think is best. And I think we're going to see an interest in the team tomorrow. I am confident. I think new signings, the mass array of polies behind that goal, I am going to one. I don't think it's going to be a a clean sheet kind of day. I think Umera will get one. I fancy Kemp. Oh, yeah. I, I fancy love that. Yeah. I fancy Kemp as well. I'm going 2 1. We'll take that. We'll take the three point. However, it comes. Yeah, exactly. At this point, it's just a case of let's get the point on the board back up the road and uh, happy days. Five deadline day signings. They'll be coming here eager to impress Curl impress their teammates and most importantly they'll want to impress us they'll want they'll want to fill us with confidence that they can, can come here and they can help us steer away from this relegation dogfight that we're in but as ever time will tell that concludes yet another episode of your favourite pools podcast Jack I shall see you down there tomorrow as well as the travelling poolies but until then keep the faith back the boys and never Say die. Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.